Father Lord, I thank you for the opportunity to share this evening. King of glory, you have invested so much teaching on fasting and spiritual warfare. And I know, Lord God Almighty, that even today being the 31st day of the 40 days of fasting, many are weary, many are tired. But Lord God Almighty, you want to refresh us with the knowledge you've already shared with us. And so, Lord God Almighty, as we come in this fellowship, King of Kings, that you will again revive us in this work that we have committed ourselves to in these 40 days of prayer and fasting. And that, Lord God Almighty, even after this place, King of Kings, you will again walk with us through the remaining nine days, strengthening us until, Lord God Almighty, you deliver that victory that you have purposed to deliver to all your children as they committed the year 2023 on the cross overnight. We bless you, we exalt you, and we lift you up. Continue to pray for those who have not yet logged on, that you'll enable them. Many are tired, many are weary, oh God. We are asking that, Lord, you revive them, that you encourage them, that you, Holy Spirit, you remind them, and they will also log on, that again, again you will be glorified. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. The topic that uh, was given to us for this evening is fasting and spiritual warfare, ably read by our sister Doreen out of the book of Samuel, chapter 7, verses 5 to 11. When we look at fasting and spiritual warfare, just to remind ourselves, we know warfare involves a combat between different factions or armies. This could be for territories or for annexation of colonies or lands. We find the history of Africa is, has a background of the scramble by foreign powers. We have economic powers right now fighting to take charge of the economies of the world, even the minerals resources of, of Africa. We are seeing uh, the use of chemical and biological warfare in uh, defeating enemies, the use of viruses, COVID-19, Ebola, and others. Uh, and this is an extended struggle. It seems to begin and never to end, continues unfolding itself in different ways. But what we also know and we have been taught is that however all this begins in the spirit of a man who conceives it in some area of strife, then they harbor whatever it is that they want to fight for, whatever battle they want to carry or warfare, and they incubate it in their hearts. When they have incubated it, they put their minds to develop strategies, to find resources in order to get into this action of warfare. As it happens on earth, so it is in, this, in, in, the, in, the, in the spiritual realm. As it's conceived in the spirit, it then gets manifested in the physical. We are reminded by Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 6, that finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's, the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, 
to stand. And then he talks about how we fit the different pieces of the armor of God. That means we are in the place of warfare. When we look at Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 to 10, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. Our Lord in the Gospel of John, chapter 10 and verse 10, tells us or warns us that the thief comes, does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. When you look at the book of Mark, the Gospel of Mark, chapter 9 and verse 29 says, the disciples asked the Lord, why they were not able to cast out the demon. Jesus tells them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Now, when we look at this text of Mark chapter 9 and verse 29, in some of the Bibles, they actually exclude the word fasting. They only leave this kind comes out by prayer. And so you see that right from the, even the documentation of the word of God, the issue of prayer, is something that, or rather, the issue of fasting is something that is that uh, is hidden or taken away to keep people ignorant about the power in in fasting and prayer. Now, as Christians, we are in a spiritual battle of some sort on a daily basis. Like our sister prayed, there are times when we are in the workplace, something comes up, you respond suddenly, you don't know you have entered a trap. The number of challenges that are going on, illnesses, uh, mental challenges, uh, financial constraints, some of them suddenly seem to come up in a convoluted way, in such a way that there are so many things happening at the same time, and you do not even know where to go. You are under a siege. And so we find that the warfare and the battles are fought on different fronts for different reasons and with varying degrees of intensity. And so this is how we fight as Christians in the, in the spiritual realm. Our spiritual battles are really uh, are real, even though we may sometimes not physically be able to see them. Now, for us as Christians, it is not a question of if you will face spiritual attacks or warfare, but it is just a question of when. This is because from the time you become a Christian at baptism, you are, you are conscripted into the army of the Lord. At baptism, the priest signs the child or whoever is being baptized with the words that include, I sign you with the sign of the cross, go out and fight violently against the devil, the world, and the flesh. And do not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ. And so you find that from the very beginning, you are conscripted. We are all conscripted for warfare. However, fasting and warfare, uh, fasting in, war, in warfare helps us to guard against the enemy. Whether before the attack, whether before the warfare or during the warfare. That means we must be properly fitted for warfare. If we are going to go into warfare, 
we up our act by adding on a fast. And a fast that is after God's own heart. That fast puts pressure on the front of the enemy until it caves in, until we break through. So that is why when Paul tells us to put on the entire armor of God, he also tells us to pray with different manner of prayers, including that manner of prayers will include fight, fasting. And this, the purpose is that we fast after God's own heart to break yokes, to set us and others free, to set captives free by the demolition of strongholds. Now, if our fast is going and uh, our fasting in warfare is going to be, and spiritual warfare is going to be successful or is going to give glory to God, there are certain things that we need to, to be conscious of. Some of them will include the power of the Holy Spirit, the priestly role in spiritual warfare, knowing who our commander is, operating as righteous leaders in leading people in warfare, knowing who the enemy is and how to focus on them, the role of the prince of the air, how to target our warfare, the power of agreement, and the resultant testimony that manifests as the Lord fights for us. Now, when we look at the power of the Holy Spirit, the word of God educates us, equips us, alerts us, warns us that it is not by power nor by might, but by the spirit of God. So as we enter a fast and spiritual warfare, we need to know that we are operating under the power of the Holy Spirit. On our own, we can do nothing. Not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, says the, Lord's, the Lord of hosts. That's in Zechariah 4, 6. In the Gospel of John, chapter 14 and verse 26, Jesus tells us, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to you your remembrance, all the things I have said to you. The helper. He is the one who will help us to fight these battles. He will show us which way to go. In spiritual warfare, we cannot do without the power of the Holy Spirit. In the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 1 and verse 8, it says, But you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. We will witness that Jesus is Lord, Lord over principalities and powers, Lord over everything that is oppressing us, Lord over every work of the enemy. So we go out to witness and we witness it when we are all clothed in the entire armor of God. And so our brother, uh, sorry, Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians chapter four that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And therefore, in every way, we will know that we can do all things through the spirit of Christ 
also by ensuring that we put on the entire armor of God. Spiritual warfare is, is lightened because Jesus tells us that, come, I'll give you my yoke. My yoke is light. My burden is light. So when we go into the spiritual warfare, we go in with a light heart, knowing fully well that our commander is Jesus. And he, we have already been dressed in his truth. We have been dressed in his righteousness. We are carrying the gospel of peace. We are walking in salvation. Our tool of warfare being the sword of the spirit and the belt of truth around us, even being our rear guard. And so as far as we, we see the situation of the children of Israel at this time, we see Samuel in the, on the backdrop of an attack, an attack from the Philistines. All Israel knows that there is a war, a war that is coming. They are ill-equipped. They do not have the equipment. They do not have the tools of war, physical tools of war. They are at the mercy of their enemies. They know what happened the last time they went to war with the Philistines in chapter 4 of First of Samuel and how they were decisively defeated. That time when they went to war, they actually were believing in the Ark of the Covenant. They had the Ark of the Covenant with them, but they were thoroughly defeated. This time, the prophet Samuel is with them. They called out to him. They realized that the warfare cannot be done by human beings. It needs another force because now the Philistines despise them and their God. So they were calling on Samuel, who has the direct interface with God, to stand in the gap. And so here Samuel gathers all Israel to Mizpah to, so that he would pray to the Lord for him. Now, this is where we see in, spiritual, in fasting and spiritual warfare, the role of the priesthood, the priestly role in spiritual warfare. At the cross of a night, on the 1st of January, 2023, the priesthood of All Saints Cathedral mobilized and prayed over us as an assembly of believers, consecrating us all for this 40-day fast. Immediately, there were those who ran with it, and some have dropped, some of us have dropped the ball all along the way for whatever reason. But today is the 31st day. The priesthood constantly is calling us to come back to the position of fasting in this warfare. The fast is for us as individuals, the church of Christ, the nation, and every other thing that the Lord has called us to stand in the gap for. Today we have nine more days running the last lap. I am going to, be, to request all of us here that as much as you have already signed up for this fast, please carry it to the very end. Encourage those that might have dropped out to also come up and be in this fast. Because we have a blessing of the priesthood to undertake this assignment. And so you see that Samuel gathered Israel at Mizpah. Now Mizpah is the place where Jacob separated from Laban. Hmm? And it was also the place 
of gathering for a repentant Israel in Judges chapter 20. This is a place that is remembered for separation and repentance. And so we come to a place also as the church, or as those that have been conscripted for these 40 days, to know that every day we must be set apart to be able to undertake this fast and warfare, spiritual warfare with excellence and resonate with what the Lord has called us to do. This is a place where we are called to repent. Today, I was listening to uh, the provost and she was talking about identification repentance. There are many people who will not be able to repent, who do not even know that they have committed a sin, but you will stand in the gap for yourself, for your family, for your workplace, for the church, for the nation, for the things that are happening every day that break our hearts, that demonstrate wickedness. We bring repentance concerning the issue of, of LGBT and others. All of these things, we carry the burden. We are not doing it, but we must stand on behalf of our nation concerning those people who are signing up for this wickedness, those that are in idolatry, witchcraft and sorcery. Today we are hearing about LGBT. There are very few people talking about idolatry. There are very few people talking about witchcraft. There are very few people talking about corruption. And yet all this is going on. When we remain in the presence of the Lord, we, the Holy Spirit reminds us of every sin. He convicts us of sin. Today I was hearing uh, our brother Onesmus sharing us about conviction. There is knowing that you have sinned, but being convicted to actually mourn and to repent of that sin. That is what we need to be doing so that the fasting and spiritual welfare bears much fruit. We do not become casualties. Now, in, even in any war, for, war or battlefront formation, there must always be a leader and you must always listen to your commander. The capacity of troops to excel also depends on their obedience. That is why when you watch a parade, when soldiers or police or whoever, the forces are marching, they march in a certain formation because they are carrying guns, they are carrying sharp bayonets at the tips of those guns. Anyone moved by one person will wreak havoc in that formation. And so even for us, we must know who our commander is and submit to him. When we submit ourselves to God, then we are able to resist the devil and he will flee from us. That is what we, we read in the, the epistle of James, verses four, the story is chapter four, verse seven. Samuel said to all the children of Israel to come forward and assemble in that place that one day. These people could have been out there looking for weapons for warfare, looking for where to hide their families, looking for whichever way to be able to survive the what? The, the, the onslaught of the Philistines. But they chose to obey. They chose to seek out God. They had already discarded their idols. They had already accepted they had sinned. They came before God and they said, here we are. Without you, we can do nothing. And so you find that they decided to even go further. You know, when you are fasting, 
you are fasting. For those of you who have been to Israel or have watched documentaries on Israel, it is dry. And so you can imagine you are fasting. Maybe even the shade is not adequate and the water that is in your presence is being poured out into the sand and the sand is sipping it. And you are standing there, parched, dry, thirsty, weak under the sun. But they made a choice to pour out this water and to confess their sin. Now we find that in the place of fasting, they are sold out. And many times in the history of Israel, you will find leaders taking on an assembly, a prayer assembly. We see that in Nehemiah chapter one, in chapter nine, when the Israelites assembled and they were, they were fasting, repenting of all the rebellion and the sin that had opened the doors of exile and judgment of God's wrath to them. There they were. They had also injured one another. They had oppressed each other. And because of the oppression that was going on within the camp of Israel, even during the rebuilding of the walls, the rebuilding of the walls had to be halted. There was no way they were going to build walls without building the people. And so at this point, there had to be repentance. Repentance, the kind of repentance that would ensure that Sanballat, Tobias, and the Arabian would not have a hold, will not penetrate their camp, even when the walls were broken down. Why? Because in repentance, they were building the spiritual wall. And so you also, we also find that in Jonah chapter 3, the people of Nineveh believed in God. They declared a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. The plan of the enemy was for the Ninevites to continue operating in idolatry and be destroyed. But the warning of God that came through Jonah was God's love for Nineveh, for the people and even the animals. God's mercy and compassion to man. And so by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jonah receives a message and sends it to Nineveh. But we can see here clearly that by repenting, by calling this fast, by the king and others calling this fast, the judgment that would have destroyed Nineveh was averted because the desire of God was not to destroy Nineveh. The desire of God was that Nineveh should know him. And so that was averted. Whenever a judgment, the, the devil knows that when we sin, then with sin comes judgment and death, eternal death. And so when he causes this kind of things, idolatry, witchcraft, sorcery, LGBT activities around us, every manner of corruption and rot, the real agenda is to steal, to kill, and to destroy the souls of men, that we may not enjoy life abandoned. And yet the Lord already declared for us that it is finished. And so the battle goes on. Now we find that as leaders in the different places where the Lord has put us, we are supposed to stand in the gap. Because when you stand in the gap and you pray, who knows? Who knows whom the Lord will save? In the book of First Kings chapter 21, we see even Ahab, after receiving a message from the prophet Elijah, Elisha, put on sackcloth when the Lord had passed a judgment on Ahab, on, on Jezebel, and all their likes. 
Ahab went and tore his clothes, tore his, rent his heart before God, to the level that God even talked to Elisha and said, hmm, can you imagine? Even Elisha, sorry, Ahab has repented. Hmm? He was, it was now God giving a testimony concerning Ahab. And so he postponed, he postponed his judgment. And yet, as far as the enemy is concerned, Ahab should die. Even if he is a child of promise, he should die. He should not be able to serve the Lord. And so we find various examples, even Daniel, Daniel and his, in his 21 day fast, fasting, bringing repentance on behalf of others. Now, when we see Samuel and Israel drawing the water and pouring it out before the Lord, it expresses the same heart as in, in Lamentations chapter 2, verse 19. Arise, cry out in the night, at the beginning of the watches, pour out your heart like water before the face of the Lord. Now, you can see that fast, pouring out. Saying, God, it's not about water, it's about you. As the deer panteth for the water, so my soul thirsts after you. That is where we see God deeper, deeper in our relationship with God, deeper in our desire to know the Lord, and the Lord draws to us. So in this place, we find that they fasted. They declared their very every sin. They expressed their sorrow. Hmm? even by their fasting, even by their, their, their confession. So when we see that Samuel judged the children of Israel, it was about bringing the different laws that they have broken before, before them and helping them to, to repent through it all. Now we see here that Samuel's leadership was more spiritual than military. So when we fast in spiritual warfare, we are just adding pressure against what the enemy would want to do against us. Now in verse 7, we see that the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mizpah. Now when they heard that, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And the children of Israel heard that the Philistines were coming and they quaked. What we see here is we need to know the enemy and to focus. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, we are told, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, when you look at the, the Israelites at that time, were they thinking of the spiritual forces in the heavenlies? No. Just like the, the Philistines, no, they were going into battle, but none of them was thinking this was a spiritual war. If anything, the, the, the Philistines could have been laughing at the, at the what? At the, at the children of Israel, that they are crying to their God because they are weaklings. Over the years, the enemy has used various fronts to raise voices, attitudes, environments, whether it is in their family or workplace or fellowship, even church, the enemy has raised situations like illnesses hmm, that drain people 
physically and emotionally. The enemy raises distractions, whether it is finances, relationships, or children. Eh? They raise all these distractions to ensure that a fast fails, so that we do not add this a fast to the prayer. Now we have to be alert. Fasting faces opposition on all fronts. To others, fasting is seen as an embarrassment. Some Christians, even in the church, perceive that those who fast are show-offs, they're hypocrites, and they're self-righteous. And the purpose is to discourage the fast. This is because the enemy knows that fasting generates that kind of power and strengthens prayer that will generate divine power to destroy strongholds, beginning with the destruction of arguments, hmm? destroying even the conspiracies, destroying agreements, ensuring that the plan and the scheme of the enemy does not take, take off. God has warned us that the, spirit of, the, the threat of spiritual warfare is very real and that we must be armed because he is a good father. He protects us. He teaches us warfare. He gives us what is necessary for us to stand against the enemy, for us to love one another, for us to reveal Christ to those that do not know him, reveal Christ and his resurrection power. That is why Jesus in Mark chapter 9 told the disciples that this kind come out only by prayer and fasting. Now, when we know that those persistent things, we have prayed, we have done this, we have done that, everything, and it is not going, you must know that now this one, what kind of a fast am I going in? How long is this fast? We go back to the Holy Spirit to give us strategy, to enlighten us and show us which way we should go. The other thing is we must know why the prince of the world is against us. Jesus told us that I will not say very much more to you for the prince of this world is coming, but he has no hold over me. What hold does the enemy have over us? If our fast and warfare is to be of God, we must make sure that the enemy has no hold over us. That means we have no accusation of sin because with sin, we open a door to the enemy to make inroads into our characters and to influence us to do the wrong thing. With Jesus, it was completely different. There was nothing that the enemy had on him. That is why even during the temptation in the desert, those 40 days, the enemy came out without any, any dent on Christ and just waited for another day when he thought that he would what? He would defeat him. But even on the cross, we have read that if only Satan knew that by dying, Jesus was going to take away the keys of death and heads and remove all power from him, he would have not crucified the king of glory. Now, when we look at what happens, biblical fasting is a very personal part of every Christian. It is given to us as a gift. It is given to us as a gift. 
And we must determine in our hearts and minds to step forward and accept this gift. This is the gift that ushers us into breakthroughs, into the different places where the Lord wants us to go. We must take on the fast. And as we fast, we know from Isaiah 49, verse 24, it says, Shall prayer be taken from the mighty, or the lawful captive delivered? But thus says the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prayer of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him who contends with you, and I will save your children. Can you imagine? Contending is not just a, 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 a simple banter. This is a battle. But by the time the Lord comes to fight for us, he knows that we cannot fight for ourselves. And why? So that all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am the, thy savior and thy redeemer, the mighty one of Jacob. So that we can go through the whole world declaring Christ, preaching Christ, undertaking the great commission and baptizing men, women, and children in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey. Why? Because we have a testimony of being more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. We have been through, fa through fasting, we have been through spiritual warfare, and we are overcomers, and we are carrying the testimony. And as since we know the target of our, of our warfare, being spiritual, we will look behind the person, disarm the person, or the, whatever it is, disarm it by what? By spiritual warfare, going ahead of them in the spirit. When we go ahead of them in the spirit, everything is done for us. Now, someone took an extreme action with an extreme sacrifice. He took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. Then Samuel took time of the sacrifice at this time to pray effectively in the light of God's atoning grace. Now imagine the lamb of God, a suckling lamb, an innocent, has never hurt anybody. This is Christ, the lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, who declares to us upon the cross that it is finished. It is finished. For the Spiritual warfare and this fast to be successful, there needs to be a power of agreement. So all Israel came in agreement with Samuel and they applied pressure on this demonic activity that was behind the Philistines. It was not only one person, it was no longer only Samuel praying, but everybody. Look at that multitude. The word of God says, if two or three, if you are to divide that multitude by threes, how many companies were those? How powerful was that incense? And so that is why it's very important for us to agree in a place of what? Of, of this fast and the place of this warfare. That in all things, we will be able to defeat those spirits that have lingered, those demons, those situations that have lingered beyond what they were supposed to be. Because the word of God tells us that we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us. Now, when we look at the response of God, God answered Samuel even before, before the Philistines advanced. What did God do? He thundered. He accepted the sacrifice of the prayer and the fasting 
and went ahead and thundered in heaven. When he thundered from the heaven on behalf of Israel, he defeated who? The Philistines. Now remember, this thunder came through. Both Israel and the Philistines had. But the ones who got confused were the Philistines. The confusion went to who? To the Philistines. And, the, the, and Israel gloried in the victory that came to them. Now when we see this, there is even a testimony. A testimony because... The, the, the Israelites were able to pursue, the, the, the Philistines cut them down, recovered, this, recovered towns, and Samuel set up a stone of witness, which declared, Ebenezer, thus far the Lord has helped us. But you know, when it says thus far the Lord has helped us, it means there is another place. So we need to as much as possible, be sensitive to the power of the Holy Spirit when he calls us into fasting and to a place of spiritual warfare. Because there is a season for everything. After a while, there was no more battle for, for, for Israel and under the leadership of Samuel. But when Saul came on, again, battles came from. But one of the things is our confession. We need to declare that we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens, who strengthens us. The word of God tells us, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Hmm? First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hmm? Proverbs 21, 31 says, the horse is made ready for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. That is why when, when uh, the, the armies came against Elisha and Gehaz was worried, Elisha prayed to God and said, open his eyes. And when the eyes of, of Gehaz were opened, what did he see? multitudes and multitudes of horses drawing her chariots of fire. And Gehaz was comforted that the battle was already won. So even with us, hmm, the Lord says he will give us victory over the enemy. The Lord says he has given us authority to trample on scorpions and snakes and over the power of the enemy, nothing will ever harm us. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Why? It's not about the miracles. It's about eternity. It's about where God wants us to go. So we want to thank God for the testimony of 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 5 to 11. This testimony speaks to us and tells us that the Lord of hosts is on our side and there is nothing that can defeat us we need to undertake this fast nine days nine days nine more days you have done 31 days nine days may the lord help us to carry through until we have brought before him his heart prayed what he wants us to pray stood in the gap for what he has called us to stand come out of this a transformed people a transformed people 
who are compassionate, who take care of, of the weak, the widow, the orphan, the foreigner, who visits the prisoner, who takes care of the sick, who pours out our own life for others. We thank God for this testimony. And I pray that what we have shared here today will strengthen us for the days to come. Even as we continue to log on to every other session that has been availed to us, let us pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this evening. We glorify you, we lift you up. We come to you, Lord God Almighty, to thank you for the gift of fasting. A gift of fasting that, Lord God Almighty, enables us, Lord God Almighty, to trample upon the enemies, enables us, Lord God Almighty, to undertake spiritual warfare with excellence, enables us to focus on to you, enables us, Lord God Almighty, not to fear, but to move in courage. We bless you, we exalt you, and we lift you up. Today we come to you, Holy Spirit, to submit to you, to ask that Holy Spirit to open our spiritual eyes and ears, that in everything we do, Lord God Almighty, we will work with excellence. Fill us anew, Holy Spirit. Empower us. Remove from us everything that does not glorify you. That, Lord God Almighty, we will be your battle access in this time of warfare. We thank you for the priesthood of all saints. We thank you for the different levels of priesthood that you have given unto us. Even the priestly anointing that you have called us into as a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart to bring worship and praises acceptable to you. And so Lord God Almighty, we pray that during this time of fasting and spiritual warfare, that Lord God Almighty, we shall bear fruit that will give glory to your holy name. We submit to you as our commander. We submit, Lord God Almighty, to the righteous leaders you have put over us because they are bearing your word to us. Thank you, Lord, for educating us and reminding us again who our enemy is and that we should focus on the strategies that you release to us in spiritual warfare, even in this fast. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, that the spirits of this world, Lord God Almighty, by your righteousness, by your grace, will have no hold on us because we are under the shadow of your wings. Father, Lord God Almighty, in this warfare, we come against stray bullets, Lord God Almighty. We pray that we, pray, we, we are in one accord under the power of agreement that we shall, there shall be no jostling in the ranks and there shall not be casualties in our midst. Lord God, my Father, we pray that even after, during the course of these 40 days, we thank you that there have already been testimonies that will have been released we bless you and we exalt you. We are looking forward even for the 40th day and beyond when we know Lord God Almighty that even in the course of this 2023, there will be testimonies that have come out of these 40 days of prayer and fasting. We worship you, we exalt you, and we lift you up. For in Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, uh, Auntie Carol, for uh, that uh, teaching. It has been quite enriching. Wow, very many things for us to take home. So, friends, as she has reminded us, we have nine more days to go and we need to finish strong. So I'll just say a short prayer and then we'll hand over to, um, I don't know whether Reverend Jeffrey is on the call. Or Reverend Paulson, I see Reverend Paulson on the call. So Lord, we thank you. We receive this word. We want to thank you for enabling Auntie Carol to deliver this word to us, oh God. 
We want to thank you uh, to ask that you replenish uh, from wherever she has taken, renew her energies, renew her strength. And Lord, we receive the word, we seal it with the precious blood of Jesus. We pray that it will, uh, it has fallen on fertile soil and it will multiply a hundredfold in our lives, even as we go through this fast, oh Lord. Thank you for the lessons you continue to teach us. Thank you for opening our eyes to the truths in your word that you want us to learn and to understand. And now, Lord, I just want to pray um, for anyone and everyone who feels weary, Lord, that you will renew our energies. Your word tells us that um, the youth may grow weary the, and, and uh, the young men grow faint, but they that wait upon you will renew their strength, O oh Lord. So renew our strength this evening, O oh God. Renew everyone's strength who feels weary, O oh God. For whoever feels like their burden is heavy and their yoke is, um, uh, we ask that you'll give uh, a burden which is light and a, your yoke which is easy, O oh God. Lord, clothe us with your Holy Spirit for this final arm of the of the fight, O oh God. Remove every spirit of heaviness that is upon us, O oh God, and give us um, your Holy Spirit to take us through to the end. And Lord, you have also provided for us your full armor. So we take up this armor, O oh God. We shed off every counterfeit armor that we may have been putting on, lies and deception of the devil. Lord, we shed all, all manner of counterfeit armor. And we ask that you'll clothe us in the rightful armor that you have given us, O oh God. Lord, remind us each and every day to arise and to dress up in this armor that helps us to overcome the evil one, O oh God. And Lord, we want to thank you. Even as we go on, we entrust our lives to you. We pray that we'll be obedient, O oh God. We'll be obedient to your word and to, to do what it asks us to do, O oh God. To recognize you as the commander of the the army of God, to, to follow you, O oh God, in this fight, O oh Lord. We cannot fight on our own, but you are there and you are victorious, O oh Lord. I pray that we will rely on you totally for all the battles that you that you take us through, that will fight with us, that will, where you need, you need us to take our positions, we'll take our positions and just be ready to fight, O oh God. And so, Lord, we thank you. We bless you for this time. We want to um, seal Antikara with the precious blood of Jesus, her family, her work, Lord, we pray there will be no backlash from the evil one in the name of Jesus. And Lord, for the rest of us, we also want to pray that you'll seal us with the precious blood of Jesus. You'll cover us, oh God, and that we will fight victorious to the end. We thank you for we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.